0: Hello and welcome to the fourth episode of the Monday's Kept Me Fat podcast. This is where we talk about overcoming those internal conflicts of health and weight loss to get you started and to keep you started for achieving lasting change. I'm your host, Nurse Kevin. Welcome to another Monday of Staying Started. This is episode four. Now, if you'll remember, last week we started with a boy, a buffet, and a challenge where me as a young child at around 12 years old, was on vacation with the family, and I was making multiple trips to the buffet line. My mother gave me the green decree, a parental decree, to get something green on my plate the next time I went to the buffet line. And then upon returning to the table, there my mother saw a plate full of fried stuff supported by a bowl of dessert. Yes, dessert. And when she asked me, I thought I told you to get something green the next time you went to that buffet line. I held that dessert up, which happened to be a big bowl of green jello, and I said, what color do you think this is? It wasn't a smart thing to say, and I still can't believe that popped out of my mouth, even at 12 years old. This week, we're going to continue with the green decree, the good food and the bad food. Just because a food is green doesn't make it a good food. And it's funny when we look back on things and we laugh about them today, and we ask ourselves if we can laugh about it today, why didn't we laugh about it then? Trust me, smarting off to the parents back then, not a good idea. Not something we can laugh about at the time. We may laugh today, and we still do laugh over that green decree. What makes food good and what makes food bad? The color of food doesn't have anything to do with good or bad food. Green jello. Just because something's green doesn't mean it's actually healthy. Just because something's red doesn't mean it's healthy, like tomatoes. There's red jello. There's red syrups and different sauces that are red. But are they actually bad or are they actually good? Let's talk about something real quick. I want to talk about the snickerdoodle. Is a snickerdoodle bad? Now, does this sound familiar? I can't stop eating these cookies. What am I doing? I can't believe I've ate another cookie. I've eaten way too many cookies. Look, the bag is almost gone. It's almost empty. Finally, I holler out, honey, do we have any more cookies? Truth be known, there's this guy in my house, I don't know who he is, I've never met him, but his name is somebody, and he does things that just frustrate my wife. I can hear her now, somebody ate all the cookies. I agree, that somebody's a jerk. Eating snickerdoodles tastes so good, and eating cabbage tastes good. We leave out that so, right? Because truth be known, for me anyways, cabbage does not taste as good as snickerdoodles. What makes the snickerdoodle cookie bad, and what makes the cabbage good? We talked about cabbage being a good food. It's green. So is jello. Even matter of fact, jello is more green than cabbage. What makes jello bad? Is it really bad? Or is it our perspective? Our minds are what perceives the snickerdoodle as being bad and the cabbage as being good. Most of what we consider good and bad in the world is really our perspective of what we've learned and what we believe. Most things are neither good nor are they bad. They just are. And when you think about it, we live in a world where we can go to the grocery store in the middle of January in the northern hemisphere on the 45th parallel and buy summer squash. We really don't need the snickerdoodle cookies in our diet. We want them. And in order to get a good amount of food-based calcium, phosphorus, vitamin C, we really need that cabbage in our diet. What we've learned is that things we want have the potential to result in negative outcomes. And when we seek things we need, when we're looking for those things that we actually need, those results tend to be positive. These relationships, want equals bad, and need equals good, isn't always the rule when it comes to eating, our health, exercise, etc. It is true more often than not, I will have to be honest. Sometimes our perceptions of what's good and bad create these self-fulfilling prophecies. When we eat something we believe is bad, we develop this guilt. This is followed by depression towards this attitude of we're weak and disgusting and we have no self-control and we're just destined to be a fat unhealthy person. We end up with a bad outcome that's completely self-created. We may even get depressed and go through a quit. We may give up or we may stick with it. and We may punish ourselves for eating that bad stuff. I'll go run around the block. I'll do another 15 minutes on the bike because I ate the biscuit or I ate the snickerdoodle. The snickerdoodle cookie, it's not bad. There are some effects when you eat the snickerdoodle. Keep in mind, there's effects to your insulin, your blood sugar, and other issues if you have some individual sensitivities. But those are expected, right? These are effects and not the consequences from eating one cookie or even two or maybe even three. These are just effects like eating cabbage. However, too much cabbage or too many cookies, you move into the consequences category, right? If you eat too many snickerdoodles, now we have consequences. If you eat too much cabbage, now we have consequences. Now, I've been referring to the snickerdoodle versus the cabbage. But really what I'm trying to do is give a name to what we would refer to as the bad stuff and the good stuff. And though only our perceptions are in question here regarding the labels we give food as good and bad, there are foods that should make up more of our caloric intake and foods that should be the finishing touches on our caloric intake, if you will. Now, think about that real quick. There are those foods that should make up more of our daily caloric intake, a higher percentage of our caloric intake during the day. And there's those foods that should be the finishing touches. In our caloric intake, those foods that we probably shouldn't indulge in too much, not bad food, but foods that have less nutrients and more calories. Our body needs nutrients and our brain will not shut off that hunger response. That's how it pesters us to eat until we have that nice, full feeling. Friend, it'll take a lot more cabbage to add up to the energy punch of a snickerdoodle. As a matter of fact, you'll need to eat a whole head of cabbage to equal the calories found in that single snickerdoodle. And if you eat that much cabbage, you'll likely end up indisposed for a bit. And you know what I'm talking about in that regard. What we've done with food, as we label it good or bad, is we've created this food phobia with certain foods. And this results in guilt and depression when we consume these foods. Following this guilt and depression is either we plan on this punishing exercise session or we plan on a stricter diet tomorrow. And then our brain, when it's underneath this restriction of our heart's wishes, it overrides the heart's attempt to restrict. And then eventually we feel guilt over missing the learn your lesson exercise session. Your brain and your heart are always arguing. Truth be known, if you stop and think about it real quick, Your brain is the please me now part of your body. The heart, not your organ, the heart, but the consciousness of your body, your spirit, that is the part of your body that is a please me later. The brain is saying, please me now. The heart is saying, please me later. And when we think about there being no good and no bad food, when we take away those labels, then the brain steps in and says, awesome. If there's no bad foods, then we can just eat whatever we want. And the heart argues, no. The brain does not like to hear no. We've already determined that there are no good foods and bad foods. And the brain will argue, then I get to eat whatever I want, right? The heart's going to say no. And I want you to consider your bank account. Given enough money, you can buy just about anything. But that doesn't mean you should buy it. You should be careful and limit your splurges, the snickerdoodles, so that you'll be able to easily afford your bills and mortgage, the cabbage. And truth be known, splurging on something we want is a pretty good thing to do. We love to splurge and buy things that we probably could live without. But then what would life be like without some of our wants being satisfied? Same way with the snickerdoodle cookie. But on the same token, we look at bills and mortgage as being the cabbage. But what happens if we didn't have bills and mortgage? We wouldn't have a cell phone. You wouldn't have an internet connection to be listening to this podcast. You wouldn't have a home to live in because you wouldn't have a mortgage or rent. When we classify our foods as being either good or bad, maybe we're labeling ourselves as good and bad. We may be classifying ourselves as either strong or weak. I was strong today because I ate good and I didn't eat anything bad. Or I was weak today because I ate those cookies and I didn't exercise. What you're striving for is health. You're striving for that ideal body shape that comes by default from obtaining good health. When you feel you did bad, you feel horrible because you imagine you're not trying hard enough. And if you could try harder, you'll do better. But how? Think about that real quick. How do you do better? How can you try harder when you are fighting with the CPU, your brain, of your entire body? Your brain is in charge, that little three or four pound mass between your ears is in charge of controlling all the central systems within your body. If the brain is not getting what it wants, there are certain things that happen to cause you to override the decisions that your heart made. And when those are overridden, you do what you would refer to as bad things. Your please me now brain responds strongly to our please me later's heart declared restrictions and decrees. I will not eat this anymore. I will exercise four times a day. Those decrees do not go in line with your brain's intentions of avoiding pain and seeking pleasure. We find pleasure in foods that we consider bad. We don't need the snickerdoodle. We want it. And we kind of find some pleasure in some cabbage, but probably not as much as we find in the snickerdoodle. In the realm of nature, if you think about it, what you cannot have, you tend to desire more. No matter if that restriction is society-declared or self-declared. After all, you've asked yourself this a thousand times. What does your daughter see in that bad boy boyfriend? Now try telling her no about that bad boy boyfriend. What did I see in all that food in that Florida buffet line? I saw something that I was told no that I cannot have for the other 360-something days a year. Here's the truth. Food is neither good nor is food bad. We have determined that. Yet the idea of good and bad persists. Remember, we're striving for balance in this life. Any imbalance will result in bad decisions. Too much of a good thing usually has negative consequences, as does too little of a good thing. We want cake, we want pizza, and we want snickerdoodles occasionally. Deep down, we probably want them all the time, but what we really need is to eat these foods occasionally. At the same time, we have this strong inner desire to food shame ourselves into punishment when we give in to our cravings or we fail to exercise when we think we should be exercising. Next comes these overwhelming feelings of guilt, shame, eventually depression, and eventually the quit. The perspective of good and bad foods I want you to toss away. I don't want you to think about good food and bad food anymore. I want you to consider food as either being more nutritious or less nutritious. It's still food, neither good nor bad. But truth be known, some foods are considered more nutritious than other foods. Now when I say foods are either good or bad, what are you hearing? You're hearing there are no off-limit foods? We can't ignore the fact that some foods, if we eat them too much, will either result in a stagnant weight or even gaining weight. Can we stop identifying foods as either being good or bad and start identifying foods as being more nutritious or less nutritious? Sure we can. Absolutely. These titles are based on nutrition facts. Good foods and bad foods are based on emotion and perceptions. If you believe it's the same, it's not. Words and titles matter. They help us create an identity. After all, what things do you avoid in your life that are bad? Now, before we get into the takeaways, think about something for just a second. Less nutritious food is not bad food. It just has less nutrition when compared to some subjective standard, whatever that standard may be, ever standard it may come from. What's your standard of nutritious? Now, to put things plainly, there are no good and bad foods. There's only the perception of good and bad foods that you've developed over a lifetime of trying to figure out how to eat in a world with such abundance that we've never seen before in human history. Our food does a lot. It does more than fortify and provide nutrition for our bodies. It also provides pleasure and satisfaction to our bodies. Food provides the nutrients so our bodies can thrive. But also food provides pleasure so our bodies can live. We also know this, that living too much too fast can cause our lives to be less enjoyable later and maybe even shortened altogether. Having the snickerdoodle is okay. There's no need to be depressed, no need to beat yourself up, and there's no need to punish yourself for eating a bad food. You're not bad. You just consumed a food with a higher caloric value and less nutritional concentration. The problem is not eating the snickerdoodle, the problem is eating all of the snickerdoodles. Regardless of whether we label foods good or bad, there's always the fact of life that says this, too much of a good thing is not always good. Good or bad, eating too many less nutritious foods will result in negative outcomes. And I think that's where we come up with the bad food paradigm. Too many good foods have consequences too. If you eat nothing but cabbage, for example, you may end up with some GI issues, right? Eating only nutritious foods will result in resentment, feeling neglected, and it will increase your cravings and actually may cause you to quit. Keeping in perspective that sometimes we can temptation bundle our food, kind of like we talked about in temptation bundling when it comes to exercise. And in our household, a lot of times I'll take this beautiful, healthy squash casserole and lay some cheese on top right as a finishing touch. And I broil it where it'll toast. Oh my gracious, that tastes so good. And some people may look at me and say, whoa, don't do that. That takes away from the goodness of the squash. More of the more nutritious squash is eaten because we enjoy it that much more. We enjoy the cheese and that palate-pleasing nature it offers our bodies. Not to mention cheese is actually pretty good for you. Eat what you want, When you want to eat it and within the confines of what would be considered a normal human dietary limitation, we do have limitations in what we can eat. A 13 year old can put down a lot more groceries than a 53 year old and maintain health. So, when we're reading and listening to articles and podcasts that declare no good food, no bad food, and then we think we can eat outside of the confines of normal human dietary limitations, we're kind of teasing ourselves. We can actually eat what we want when we want, but we have to stay within the realm of normal dietary limitations. We cannot disregard this fact that if you eat too many foods that are considered less nutritious, it will result in negative outcomes. Just like spending too much money on things we want may provide not enough money to make sure we provide ourselves with the things we need. Stick with the staples of nutrition and enjoy the treats. Everything in moderation, right? Well, most everything in moderation hey you made it thank you so much again for listening to another episode of monday's kept me fat if you like what you've heard hit the subscribe button next monday there'll be another episode and another blog article on mondayskeptmefat.com until then remember how awesome you are you've got this that scale looking down or up depending on the kind of scale you've got it's just giving you an idea of how much you weigh But you're working this, and you're going to make this happen, and you're going to do it today. Waiting on Mondays kept me fat, and waiting on Mondays will keep you fat too. Diets happen on Monday. Real change happens today.